0: 630 Chad inside sports with Reed Wilkins weekdays at six on 630 Chad.
1: One game already final in the NHL today and it is Ottawa beating Calgary again. The Senators take it 3-1. The Flames drop back below 500 on the season to 15-16-3. How about this? Calgary just 2-4-1 against the last place Senators. In the third period, game winding down actually, Minnesota leads Anaheim 3-2. Several games coming up tonight. We'll keep you updated on those once they get going. There is another North Division game. Doesn't start until 8-30 though. That is the Jets taking on the Canucks. The Oilers practiced again today in Montreal. They will practice there again tomorrow and their next game is coming up on Saturday against the Toronto Maple Leafs. It's on 6-30, Chad, with the faceoff show at 3-30. The game will start at 5. We speculated a bit last night that Could the Oilers possibly play tomorrow against either Toronto or Ottawa, more likely Ottawa, it would have meant the Leafs would have had to agree to step out of that game and have it rescheduled for a little bit later on. That was being discussed. I'm not exactly sure how serious it got, but that's not happening. It is still possible. And again, possible. I'm not guaranteeing anything, but look, the Oilers are are out East. They've already been out there since Sunday without playing a game. So, Uh, they're trying to find them a third game They're They're going to play the Leafs Saturday. They're going to play the Leafs Monday. It is not outside the realm of possibility that they could play a game Likely against the Canadians either Tuesday or Wednesday. Now, you know, that, that would mean another Canadians game against Ottawa would have to be rescheduled. But I but I think if the Oilers are going to be out there for that long, they'd like to try to at least get three games in. They're originally supposed to have five. So we'll keep an eye on that. It didn't pan out for there being a game tomorrow. It was talked about and it's at least on the table right now that uh the Oilers perhaps after playing in Toronto on Monday go back to Montreal for a game Tuesday or Wednesday and then their uh, next home game is Friday, April 2nd. They were supposed to have well they're still scheduled to have next Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday without any games so th- they could find a way for them to stay uh, stay on the uh, stay on the road. All right. So that's what I can tell you there. And uh, we'll talk about the Oilers and their practice today as we move along tonight. Of course, the uh, the big story in the hockey world today. Let's uh, let's hear it again. I'm sure you've heard it. The uh, Tim Peel open mic. So it starts how this would have been heard on the broadcast, the uh, the broadcaster speaking. And as they go to commercial, you hear part of what Peel was saying. Great chance. Oh. Great chance. Soros makes the save on the other side, but Nashville playing some tic-tac-toe. And Grice makes up big save. 1242 to go much. in the second. It wasn't much, but I wanted to get a yeah, penalty against Nashville early in the All right, it wasn't much, but I wanted to get a bleeping penalty against Nashville early in the, and then it cuts off. And that was referee Tim Peel, who uh, was fired this morning by the National Hockey League. And that's, that's, you know, I I really want to hear from you on this because we all have our opinions about officiating, how the game should be officiated. And I also want to know, is this an appropriate punishment for tim Peel to lose his job a month before he was going to retire do you think they would have treated a younger referee this way somebody who was mid-career would have there been maybe a suspension or something like that where or he's ruled out for the rest of the season or he's ruled out for the playoffs or something like that that comment did not sound good you know i I talked to some people today um you know, who know the game pretty well. I talked to some some retired players, and I'm gonna give you some of their comments. They, you know, I'm not gonna use any names here, but I did talk to a to a former referee who said, you know, that he would have liked to know the whole context of the conversation, but he did agree it it sounded it sounded poor. Um he said, you know, there may be things that that are going on in a game that a referee is experienced that, that aren't apparent to, to fans and media watching the game. And I get that. Um, but this is a harsh, harsh, harsh penalty for, for Tim Peel. There's, there's no doubt about that. You know, we use that term game management. Well, you don't want a game management man manager. You want a you want a referee, but isn't, isn't refereeing managing the game. Isn't that the very, you know, isn't that what a referee is supposed to do? He's supposed to manage the game. And maybe there are times he or she needs to step in and times that he doesn't. So I, I, I'm just wondering, okay, let, let me, let me throw this to you as an example. And again, I'm not, I'm not defending what Tim, Tim Peel said. It, it's, it sounded really bad. Like it, it didn't sound good at all. But let, let, me, let me put you in this situation and pretend you're a ref. And I, and I, like, I want to be thoughtful about this because it's easy to just crap on refs and say they're all evil and we hate all of them and they're always wrong. I don't believe that. I think their performance is subject to criticism. Uh, but I also think if you're in the NHL, you are a damn good referee. Like you've had to earn it there just like the players have had to earn it there. So let, so let me, let me put this to you. Pretend you're an NHL referee. And uh, I'm on team A and Rob Brown is on team B and Rob's going to join us after six 30 to discuss this too. And, you know, let's say I, uh, you know, I give Rob maybe a little grab on the Jersey and he drops down to one knee and the referee puts his arm up and sends me to the penalty box. And then maybe he's thinking about that. And he thinks to himself, you know, technically that was holding, but man, oh man, rob went down pretty easily on that play and then later on in the game he sees rob do that to me or somebody on my team and he puts his arm up and sends him to the box now maybe on most nights he doesn't call those but he's thinking okay earlier in the game i called it so now i now i'm gonna call it again is that is that game managing or is that just reasonably saying, all right, that's not the standard I've set in the other 90 games I've worked this season, but I set it tonight, so I have to follow through on that? I, I mean, I, I, just, I just want to think about that. I, I just think that there are ways to think about this without just crapping on the guy and refs in general. And again, this costs the guy his job. I know he's a month away from retirement, but how is he going to re- be remembered? Oh, Tim Peel! Oh, yeah, the guy that uh, swore into the open mic and made it sound like he was being dishonest. You know, like maybe, maybe you thought he was a great ref before this. Maybe, maybe you didn't. But I, I, you know, I'm just, just these are just some things bouncing through my head. Some of the comments I got from former NHL players. Most of them were pretty brief. One guy wrote a little bit more of a detailed response. Uh, And this was kind of related to the uh, makeup calls and game management type of thing. Uh, One ex-player said, we know it happens, but it shouldn't. Similar comment from another guy who said, it shouldn't be that way, but it is. So, I mean, this is the thing. We all kind of accept that it happens. Another player said, I don't agree with how harsh the penalty is, saying that I don't think Tim Peel should have got fired for it. And here's the most thoughtful reply I got from a former player who said, tough look, but to think that it's not part of the sport or hasn't been is naive. Acting shocked is equally offensive. Sometimes getting to see behind the curtain isn't pretty. You know, So if we actually learned something about the NHL, or are we just now being forced to stare it in the face? And are we just going to forget about this in a few days and go back to watching the games and saying, ah, that's just the way they call it? Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three is the Certainteed Hotline. Certainteed Professional Grade Building Materials, Pro All the Way. We have Robert standing by. Hey, Robert, go ahead. Hey, Reed, uh, how you doing? Good.
2: Well, you know what? I have a, i have a, I have a couple thoughts on the uh, on the uh, 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 Tim Peel incident. I mean, you know what? I think I look at it. I look at it two different ways. I mean, uh, you know, you know, I mean, if you're, you know, if you're, uh, uh, you know, if you're Detroit, you probably, you probably don't care. If you're Nashville, you think you're probably thinking, well, you're probably thinking he's being a, he's maybe, maybe being a little biased towards a, towards a bad team. Then like kind of be, kind of being, kind of being favorable. That's, that's one way of looking at it, and you know, and I, you know, and I heard, I heard, I heard the comments that were made earlier by uh, Matt Duchene, and and uh, you know what, I think, uh, you know what, I, uh, I I thought he was, I thought he was totally right, thinking that, you know, that if, for example, what if that, you know, you know what if that cost them a playoff spot by a point or two, at the end of the year, right? So I mean, that's kind of, yeah. that's yeah, but so uh, like that's my thought on that, and I think, uh, and I think, uh, you know, as far as as far as this. Uh, Series in the, in Montreal being postponed. You know what? I think the you thing know, might actually might actually benefit the Oilers a little bit in the in the sense of that you know now you're now you're not playing five and seven. Now you're going to uh, now they're going to be fresh when they go into Toronto and and they're not and they're not going to be and they're not going to be any more than uh, two points behind them. And Toronto's only going to have a game in hand now as opposed to it would have been four.
1: Yeah. Appreciate it Robert. Thanks for checking in, man. That's Robert 7804960063. Scott says read the definition of management is to control people or things. I don't want my referees controlling anything. Patrolling is entirely different because patrolling is more like policing, which is an acceptable criteria for referees. That's from Scott. And Max writes in he says in my job I sign a code of business contact, uh, conduct that states if I do anything or say anything that either puts the company in a bad light or gives the perception of wrongdoing, that is a violation of terms of my employment. And that's really what's happened. It's, it's a bad, uh, it's a bad perception. Jeff and Matt are up next on the phone line. I got to squeeze a break in though, guys, and then I'll get to you when we get back. All right, appreciate you tuning in tonight. I really like this text message from Kent about the Tim Peel situation. He says the NHL has to fire him because there is betting on games, and if you don't fire him, then you could have a collusion problem. And remember the the point-shaving uh, thing with uh, the NBA ref about 13 or 14 years ago, and I, I saw Elliot Friedman on Sportsnet this afternoon, and, and he made that point that the NHL can't have any perception that referees are doing anything to manipulate scoring chances in games and a couple of people pointing out uh, that they, they would like to know the full context of that uh, of that conversation 7804960063 is the certainty hotline Jeff has been kind enough to call in tonight good evening Jeff go ahead uh, I totally agree with actually the last texter
0: that was gonna be my point too is the the way it came out of what he said makes it sound like there's possibly and i'm using this word lightly corruption in the sport and you don't you can't have that and that you know there are other sports out there still trying to recover from that stigma boxing in particular so you know
1: for betting you know if you have corruption then you're you're in trouble yeah would would have you fired him if you were colin campbell uh, yeah, I wouldn't. I don't know if I would have done it as quick read, I would have
0: maybe come out with a bit more info about it, but yeah, I would have fired him 100%.
1: Yeah, hey Jeff, appreciate you calling in, man. Thank you. Also, have uh, Matt standing by 7804960063. Hey Matt, go ahead, man. Yeah, uh I see it as a bad moment.
3: Um, but to believe that it doesn't go on even in minor hockey locally, I've been involved in um coaching and, and behind the scenes locally at elite level and um it's part of the game and, and it's not spoke about but between periods you ask a ref to come over and if you're down four or nothing and you've had six calls against you, you're asking for a free call. Uh-huh. And, you know, most of the time they smile and and wave and and but it is part of the game and they they do management uh, all the time. But as far as NHL goes, I agree with Kent the texture that you know is a no brainer that they had to get rid of him.
1: So, do you? Does it? And and I assume if you're listening to this show, Matt, you probably at least follow some other sports. I mean, I can tell you from my days covering university and college basketball, like there are assistant coaches counting fouls and always yelling at the ref you've called 15 on us and five on them like like is is that just part of the gamesmanship or does it or does the thinking around that need to be changed Uh, i've done it
3: myself it's part of hockey culture um can we get away from it i have no idea you know it's that's a really tough one but you know again a bad moment exposes a part of the sport that exists and and I've, I've been an ac and i've been a head coach and you do have guys counting and and you do have guys that you allocate to to put a different seed in in the ref's mind and you know uh, is it a good thing i don't know is it a bad thing you know that's to be discussed i guess
1: yeah do you mind if i ask uh what level you usually coach at uh i went all
0: the
3: way up to to bantam triple i i've been involved locally with a guy you know pretty well
1: and that's all i'm gonna say (laughs) he he, he might be my next guest on the show if he's from saint albert (laughs) (laughs) no comment okay well those are good thoughts matt i appreciate it man thanks for listening okay take care that's Matt checking in seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, good discussion. And again, again, I didn't just want to turn this into let's crap on Tim Peel and on, on every referee because there are other, I think, other things that work here and things that are are uh, worth discussing. Uh, another texture says it doesn't matter what the full context is at this point. It sounded really bad. I don't think the NHL had a choice. Colton, who named a calf after me, says, "Yeah, Reed, the thing is people still bet." And the refs still do make up calls for years, but they've never been caught admitting it verbally. And I'm not just talking about the refereeing in Oilers games. I've watched a lot of other teams play over the last few years. Al says this kind of stuff with refs have been going on since hockey became a pro sport. We never should have heard it. Someone left a mic open; otherwise, we never would have heard it. Tim Peel should have been reprimanded, but not fired. If you're going to fire them, you got to fire them all. That is from L. Yeah, you know, I, I mentioned it here in Elliot Friedman on TV this afternoon. And he said that it was one of the, uh, what do they call them, the uh, environment mics. It wasn't his actual mic that they turn on and off to announce penalties. I don't know if that changes the, the context any. But, uh, yeah, Rob Brown will weigh in. I know he'll have a lot to say this when we get back to Sports. Inside Sports. <laughs> Six and a half minutes left in the first period. Penguins lead the Sabres 1-0. Sabres have gone 14 games without a win. The Wild have beaten the Ducks 3-2. And Calgary loses in Ottawa again, 3-1 the final. The uh, Senators have uh, won five of the seven meetings between the two teams this year. And uh, Calgary got uh, an initial burst under Daryl Sutter. And now they're struggling again. They have fallen below 500. Next, Oilers game is Saturday. 3.30 3.30 face-off show game at 5 against the Toronto Maple Leafs. They had a scrimmage-heavy practice today, uh, expected to practice and then fly to Toronto tomorrow. And uh, we'll have some comments from Dave Tippett and a couple of players about today's practice and about the situation with Tim Peel. As we move along tonight, Please to welcome my good buddy Rob Brown back to the show. Hey, Rob, how are you doing? I'm doing very good. Reed, and you? Good. Decided to put you to work on the show since uh, (laughs) you were missing out on the Oilers game tonight. Well, I won't ask you Friday though, even though we're missing that game as well.
0: Yeah, that's a good idea. I might not answer the phone on Friday.
1: (laughs) All right. Well, thanks for checking in. Uh, I got to say, I I, you know, really uh, some really intelligent phone calls and texts from listeners on the on the Tim Peel. Situation uh, in the first half hour of the show. And, and I said, look, let's not turn this into a hate fest on Tim Peel. And I think there's a more intelligent way to talk about it than just saying, you know, all refs are, are st- stupid and corrupt, because we both know that's not the case. I mean, I, I agree with what you always say. If you make the NHL as a referee, you're an elite referee. You're not perfect, but you're elite, an elite referee. But I, I do want to get. You know, when you saw and heard the Tim Peel audio, and there's probably stuff to it that we didn't see and hear, but when you just see and hear that chunk of it, what were you thinking?
0: Well, I'm thinking this happens way more than anyone thinks. Um, There's there's times when a referee will make a mistake, and they won't know they make a mistake until after they've called a penalty, and they're either sitting in the ref's room afterwards or the linesman comes up and whispers in his ear or the other ref will say, you know what? I saw that from a different angle. It was that wasn't a penalty. He dove, or he tripped over his own stick. And at that point, the ref was, you know what? I feel bad. I feel dumb. I, I and then if the team scores on that power play in a close game, you think, oh, I'm gonna have a, I'm gonna have a hand in the outcome of this hockey game because I made a mistake. So at that time, human nature says, well, I'll tell you, what, I'm, I'm gonna make it up. I'm gonna make up the. At some point, there's gonna be a questionable call, one that normally I probably wouldn't make, but. I, I owe this to the team, and I've had referees talk about it. So yeah, I owe you one. Now I've never heard one say, "Hey, I'm going to get one for you." But I have said, "You know what? I messed up in the first. I owe you one." Okay, that one's on me. So, uh, from everything, I, I don't know Tim Peel at all, but I know I've watched a lot of hockey games, and I've seen him ref, and I've always, he's one of the refs that I've always liked. There's refs that I can watch them 30 times, and I'm like, okay, I 29 times I thought he had an off night. And there's other refs that I've watched. That guy's good. I like that ref. And Tim Keel was one of those guys. So I, I don't think something that is said and caught on a mic uh, should really reflect on what that guy's done for over 1,000 games. Uh, he, he said something he shouldn't have, but it's also something that has been done time and time again where some ref tries to make up a call that he missed some other time or, or make up... Uh, you know, I've, I've had refs that'll call penalties. This game's getting out of hand, and I know if it continues to get out of hand, then there's going to be fights. There's going to get someone's going to hurt. So I'm just going to call a penalty or two just to make sure that it doesn't turn. This five nothing game doesn't turn into an eight nothing game. I'll make it five one instead. So there is there has been game management. Uh, and there always will be game management.
1: So so, he, so you're saying in your experience as a player mm-hmm. that, it, that it would be that blatant where a referee might say, don't worry, I'll get one back for you, or hey, Brownie, I, I had to call that one on you even though it's not as bad as what no. you did in the first period. because, like, no. is, it, is, is it that blatant? No.
0: No, they'll never say that, but they'll, they'll – in the first period, for example, I'm in a game in the first period, and I get called for a trip, and I'm like – and I'm yelling. I'm like, I did not trip him. Nothing. I take—I serve the penalty. They score. At the end of the period, before the next period starts, he'll – skate by, you know what? I screwed up. I'm screwed up. I owe you one. It'll be – that'll be – that'll be the end of it. There'll be no other conversation, but at some point, you think, oh, I wonder if that was the one he made up because that was kind of iffy. But yeah, referees. I've had referees say before, yeah, I owe you one. I've never heard one say, "Okay, I'll get him later. I'm going to call a penalty on John over there because right. I made a mistake." He's never been that blatant, But yeah, I owe you one. You know, that was that one's on me. I my fault. So I, I have no. It happens. I mean, watch a hockey game, and you'll see a referee make what you think is a bad call. And you, we've heard, you've heard Bob on the on the radio. That's obviously that's the makeup call for something that happened earlier. I mean, it's to me, it's a, it's evening out a mistake, is what it is to me. So I, he shouldn't have said it, and obviously he shouldn't have said it on a microphone. But yeah, I know. I watch watch hockey, watch basketball. There's always calls that are made that you're like, really? That didn't look that bad. But then later on, oh, okay, yeah, I see that. It's happening both ways. So to me, it wasn't it wasn't as horrific. It wasn't it, it wasn't as horrible as as it it sounds and certainly to me. I now they say he's retiring in April. Anyways, to me, if anything, if, if he wasn't retiring, it's uh you no know, suspend him for a week, dock him a uh, fine. But to me, it's not. You're never playing. You're never repping in the National Hockey League again because he's not the first ref that's made a makeup call.
1: Somebody texted in something you're gonna like, Rob. Uh, this person says the headline on this one should have been "About to retire referee admits something everyone has known forever." <laughs> Which
0: well, it's, yeah, it's, well, true, true that. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, there's been makeup calls in sports forever, and and some players are, ag- aghast and offended by it, but other players are like, well, yeah, is, I owe, they owed me that one. He Made a terrible call in the first period. Yeah, we were owed that, so. Yeah, I've got – it shouldn't happen, but it does. And I'm – to me, if I was president of the league for a day, call him in, okay, that was stupid, Tim. We're going to suspend you for a week, and then you're going to come – you're going to make an apology, and then it's going to be brushed under the rug, and we're never going to talk about it again. You're going to go back to be the good referee that you always were.
1: But but you – the one thing you've always said, though, and I want you to remind people of this – you've always felt, though, that if a referee is going to uh, make an adjustment, don't, don't fabricate a call. Like, at least make sure something oh, actually happened.
0: Oh, yeah, she can't just all of a sudden, uh, oh, look at Connor McDavid just fell down in the middle of the ice. Who's the closest guy? Let's call him for a penalty. No, it's got to be something that would be borderline. If it, it, it's borderline, but you know what? Normally, I wouldn't call that. It, I mean, he, he got, him, got him on the hands wasn't a lot, but it is technically a penalty. I'll call it. Yeah, no, don't make something up, because then, then you look dumb, and then you get everyone mad at you. It's got to be something that's a legitimate penalty, but one, as we all watch hockey on a, on a nightly basis, there's a, you could probably make a, a call on just about every time one guy has a puck, because somebody is slashing or hooking or something, there's always something that you could call, but refs don't call everything, so they just wait for the, the right one, but on a borderline call, make the call, and Everyone's
1: happy. Rob Brown joining us tonight on Inside Sports, our inside the game analyst for our uh, Oilers broadcast here on Six Thirty Shed, and of course, a uh, NHL star in his playing days. So, <laughs> well, I'm not sure about that, but thank you anyway. Well, hey, people can check the stats. You, you were pretty good. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, it, I mean, and this is—it's such an interesting topic to me. And a lot of times, I, I mean, you and I have said this. Over the years, uh, and trust me, we both know that we we wing it a lot and just roll with it. But there have been nights on overtime open line where we've seen a call and we knew Oilers fans, which is, you know, 99.9% of our listenership, are going to be upset about it. And we've actually said, OK, we've got to address this, but we don't want to turn the whole show into a referee Hate fest, right? And sometimes we yep. look at a call and we'll be like, you know what, that was the right call. Like, Warriors fans are going to be mad, but they actually should realize the rule was enforced. And then you know how I will pour through the rule book sometimes that I'll even miss part of the game, and I'll be like, you know what, Rob, that's the right call. Like, it, I, that's an obscure rule. So, like, that's why I'm always inclined to give give officials the benefit of the doubt. And we mentioned this on a show last week that. Everything on the ice looks different from the angle of the viewer. Most of whom are watching on. Well, all of them are watching on television this year.
0: Well, you're right, and th- this is what I tell. I got buddies that are diehard Oilers fans. That uh, I mean, tattooed, uh, watch every game, will lead the parade if they ever win the Stanley Cup. So they 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 live and die by the Oilers. And every game, I'll get texts during the game where they're talking about. The fact that, you know, the Oilers are getting screwed by the referees or the ref's got to make that call or why is it always the Oilers that are getting punished? And I, and I tell them the same thing. I do coach mentorship. So I go around and watch minor hockey games, well, before the pandemic consistently. when you sit in the stands and you watch a game where you really have no passion or, or, or feeling on the outcome of the game, the games are fairly evenly repped at all times. The, the ref misses both ways. But when you got passion you know and, and you have uh, you really care about the which team's winning, so if you're an Oilers fan and you're watching the game, you only see the penalties that the reps miss against the Oilers. You seem to turn a blind eye against the ones on the other team. but when you're sitting there impartial, where you honestly don't care which team wins, it is amazing how much better rep the game seems when you don't have the passion in in, the, in the, whatever the outcome is That's what I tell my buddies like Watch. go watch Pittsburgh versus Philadelphia and you don't care who wins the game and you're like, that was a much better ref game. Why don't we get that? Because you don't care if they call a bad, make a bad call. Bad calls usually, at the end of the night, equal out. Bad bounces, although it always seems to equal out. But when it's your team that seems to be the ones getting the calls against it, that's why there's so much passion and that's why you feel that your team uh, was the team that uh, did not benefit. But at the same night, say Edmonton and Calgary played all the Edmonton fans would be saying that was a terribly rough game you go to Calgary they'll be saying the exact same thing because they have so much passion and they have so much uh love for their team that they only see the bad things that happen to their team
1: so okay but well, let me ask you this though when you played and if your your team had two power plays and the other team had six would, would you leave the rig thinking, yeah, we were the dirtier team, or would you think be thinking, come on, how can it not even at least be 6-4? You've got to give us a chance.
0: Well, when, when, during a game, if the other team gets four in a row, you're A, yelling at the ref, say, okay, seriously, when's it our turn? And you actually feel on the bench in between periods, if that was that, you say, all right, they owe us. That's the thing. They always, in the dressing they owe us. They owe us a couple calls. We're going to get a couple calls because they're going to try and even it up. But nights where the penalties are 7-2 to for the other team, absolutely, you're looking at the referee saying, okay, you had an off night. And not all refs... (laughs) No, I'm not saying the refs have a good night every night. And you and I have called it the refs a couple times this year. But for the most part, they've been good. But when you're watching a game, and I got buddies that'll be texting me during the game, that is a penalty right there. And then I'll say, yes, it was. But do you remember 30 seconds ago when Dreisaitl cross-checked the guy from behind in the middle of the ice? That was a penalty, too. But my buddies don't text me that one saying, oh, yeah, we should have got a penalty there. So uh, I think for the most part, if you watch it impartially, the refereeing usually is fairly equal both ways. Having said that, there are nights where you're like, okay, that guy had an off night. And I, and it's funny now, I'm I'm defending referees here, but I think one year I had 10, 10-minute 10 misconducts for voicing my displeasure <laughs> as a referee because I felt that maybe they weren't as fair as they probably should have been
1: those nights. So you didn't throw the puck in the stands like Blake Wheeler then? Anyway.
0: Uh, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> yeah, I have no problem with throwing the puck in the stands. I did have a problem the other night when the kid in Ottawa got his first uh, victory. And or was a kid named Anderson in Calgary had the puck? Now, he said it was an accident. He wasn't doing it on purpose. But that would bother me if we have some young kid that comes up, gets his first ever victory, and the other team's taking the puck. And try not to give him that opportunity to have a little memento from a, a pretty big experience.
1: I'm going to ask you one more, Robin. Thanks for doing this. I, I I do enjoy this discussion. The thing is, with officiating, like if you and I do this 30 more years, we're going to be having the same discussion, right? Like people oh, talk absolutely. about the refs, we, yeah. right? So, but I, I mentioned watching Elliot Friedman on Sportsnet this afternoon, and he's on Bob's show every Friday. And I mean, he's he's an, he's an excellent reporter, yeah, and I like he's. Him a lot. Yeah, and he said that the one thing he's heard from players this season. Is that they think there should be more boarding penalties on, like the hits from behind that maybe aren't the full-on cross checks, but are still sort of dangerous that players want more of those called. You and I have talked about that over the years as well. Is there any specific penalty? Maybe it's the little slashes to the hands. Um, You know, maybe it's just cross checking in any part of the ice. That's my dad always complains about that. He thinks that cross checking should be more harshly enforced. Uh, is there anything you would like to see the enforcement standard changed a bit?
0: Well, I, I think Elliot's right. And you and I have talked a, a ton. I, I, I hate when the, a guy will go down the ice and a guy will put his stick around, across his waist or across his pad or on his hand and the arm will go up and he's going to get a two-minute penalty. where the guy with the puck barely notices. And then in the same shift, a guy will be run head first in the boards. We saw it the other night where uh, Ryan nugent Hopkins got absolutely hammered. Into the board. I don't know if he got hammered or the guy right after him, but drilled in the boards from behind, no call. Uh, I want calls where a guy could possibly be hurt. Those have to be automatic. You can turn a blind eye to a stick infraction where the guy, did he impede him or did he not? It's really hard to tell because you didn't really break stride. Don't call those. If you think there's too many penalties being called in a game, those are the ones you could probably throw away. But when you run a guy from behind, when you cross-check a guy in the back bed, when you... Uh, you know, the the, the penalty, what well, I thought was a, a blatant penalty, Kara, with the the, the shoulder to the head uh, of that kid, uh, was it four or five games ago when he eventually got into the fight? That was mm-hmm. a penalty. That's one you call. Don't call the one where the guy gives a little tug on a guy's jersey. No. I mean, if you, if you want to put a limit on the number of penalties you call in the game, call the ones where someone can get hurt or does get hurt. Get those out of the game. Both, uh, I mean, the other ones, when players don't notice in the middle of the ice, those are, to I me, mean, those are a waste of a penalty. They're just ticky-tack. When someone can actually get hurt, that's what players want taken out of the game. Absolutely, and Elliott Friedman's right on that. And players, players should not have to go in towards the boards and be worried that they're going to be run face-first into the go- in the boards. They shouldn't, not in this day and age. It shouldn't happen. Yet, that's, there's more hits like that that are let go and there's more penalties being called for little tugs that shouldn't be. So I agree exactly what Elliot said. And that's what the players, this is the problem. The NHL should go to the players and ask the players what they want because they're the ones playing the game. They'll have a, pretty be, uh, a much better bird's eye view or, or view of what should and shouldn't be called during a hockey game because they're the ones out there on a nightly basis.
1: Rob, always appreciate it, buddy. Enjoy the rest of your evening, and we will talk uh, Saturday night. Oilers-Leafs, it'll be fun. It's going to be
0: a good one. See you, later.
1: See you later. That is Rob Brown, former NHLer, our Inside the Game analyst for our hockey broadcast here on 630 Chet. Yeah, and always enjoy uh, Rob's take on that for sure. Uh, Coach Vic says, even in my bantam football with volunteer refs who get 50 bucks a game to cover travel costs, uh, they often make calls to balance the books. Some are funnier than others. <laughs> that is that is from uh, Vic. 780-496-0063 is a certainty hotline if you want to chime in. Inside Sports on Chet. Brian writes in, he says, I think they could really balance the whole situation out if the refs had to answer to Sportsnet like the players and coaches do after a game. I think if they had to explain some of their calls, I think it would be in a lot more balance in the officiating because they would have to answer to some of the not-so-great calls. That is from Brian. Brian, I asked Gary Bettman. I, 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 he was at an Oilers game probably three or four years ago, and I got to do a one-on-one with him during the intermission, and I asked him about referees doing post-game interviews, and he blatantly said no. He, he said he doesn't think that would be productive. He said some referees uh, might not have English as a first language. I mean, I think they're all English or, or French, and he said something could get lost in the translation. I don't know if he totally buy that, but I sort of get what He's saying... Uh, Brian, I mean, as somebody who works in the media, well, yeah, I would love it if there was, a, you know, even if it was a one-minute post-game interview with a, with a referee that we, we could run. I will also ask you this, though, Brian, and everybody else. If if you, if you your team, if, if you were cheering for the team that you thought got the short end of the calls, is anything the referee says after the game when you're still emotional about it going to make you feel better? Are you even willing to listen to the explanation? My guess would be most of you wouldn't. And I, and I can only tell you that because there have been a couple of times when, you know, it appears the Oilers have gotten the short end of a call and I've looked in the NHL rulebook during the game and explained it on overtime open line. And all I got was, no, that's wrong. You're an idiot. How dare you not just, you know, defend the orders at all costs? And I'm not even the ref. So, <laughs> I mean, look, I don't, I'm not complaining that that happened. I'm just saying sometimes people don't want to listen to reason right after a hockey game, even if it makes sense. Kevin says, I don't have much to say about the uh, incident with the referee except that if they do want to try to grow the game in the States, that's not the way to do it. And again, to reference what a couple of said and what Elliot Friedman uh, said this afternoon, single game sports betting, things like that. The, the NHL doesn't want any of this being talked about. It. They just wanted to eliminate the ref who was the, the guilty party last night. And they did it. Okay, uh, yeah, I still want to get to a comment uh, Tyler Ennis made earlier today. Oh, Haley Wickenheiser's coming up on the show. One of the all-time greats in women's hockey. Inside Sports on